Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Wisdom on Wheels podcast. I am Steve Johnson, and it is good to be with you as always. It's been a while since I've done one of these, so I guess I should update you all on what's going on. Um, I think it's been about a week since I've done a podcast. I wasn't intending on doing one tonight, even. But when you start off four written blog posts and don't finish any one of them because it just doesn't feel like it's the um, it doesn't just it doesn't feel like it's the right thing to be writing about for that time or whatever, or you start thinking, yeah, I really want to write about this, and then you get part way into it, and you're like, eh, not this time, not this one. And then there was another story I was very interested in and wanted to to write about, but then I thought, eh, gosh, this gets a little, uh, I don't know, this one, this one gets into some details that are kind of, I don't know about that. And then um, there was a question I was going to answer on one of those, and this was the, my fourth attempt to write something, and by the time I started that, I'm like, this is going to be so extensive, I've already written so much and deleted and redone and whatever, that I just can't can't get anything out of this right now. So rather than write, I decided to talk. Let's see how this goes. We'll see if I manage to finish this. If I don't, then I guess I'll just uh, say, you know what, forget this for the night. And we'll just... uh... I'll just throw in the towel and and watch some news for the night. And uh, maybe watch some... uh, Blaze TV or whatever, watch some news and just get, just zone out for the night. But I owe everybody an update for those of you who haven't asked because I haven't been, uh, I haven't had any real big news for a while. It's been a little bit. So let me get into this a little bit and just kind of update you on what's been going on. So... I got a call from the landlord, or the property manager, I should say. I got a call from the property manager on, uh, well, sometime last week. I don't remember the exact day. And I was given some hope on the idea that they might have a studio apartment available for the same amount that I've been paying all this time until the rent was raised this month. Uh, I was given some hope that they might have a studio available for me. Well, as it turns out, that is not the case. Uh, When I continued to call them, I was told to contact them last Monday, and they did not answer. So, And then on Tuesday, I had to call the office to get um, them to get back in touch with me and then when that didn't work it was finally Wednesday before I finally got a hold of the person that I originally tried to call and he told me that the only things that they had available were not on the first floor well that doesn't do me any good because I have a wheelchair I have cerebral palsy and I can't um You know, I, I mean, I can get up and down steps fine. I'm not paralyzed. I can move and feel everything just like everybody else. But I 
and I, you know, I can scoot up and down steps fine, just like I can move around on the floor fine. Um, I can transfer easily. I can move around just fine. You know, I can, like I said, I can move and feel everything. I'm not paralyzed, so I can scoot up and down steps. My problem is, is that I can't get my chair up and down steps. <laughs> um, no matter how mobile I am, there's no easy way to do that with a wheelchair. So, a second floor apartment is not going to work. But he did tell me that they would put my name on a, a list where they would put my name. He basically took my name down and said as soon as one opens up, they would let me know. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to continue to try to reach out to them and contact them, because I am. You know, I mean, these people didn't even know I had a wheelchair, let alone them not knowing that I was the uh, that I'm the only one here now and it's been over a year so that just tells you how unfamiliar they am with me and my situation and how uh, how uninvolved they seem to be in having any knowledge about their tenants so I'm not just trusting in the fact that this guy or anybody with this um, is going to remember that I need, um, or or should say, what my needs are. Um, I mean, the person couldn't even remember to get back with me after a weekend. So why would I expect them to remember me first when a when an apartment opens up that I would be able to afford? I just don't have that kind of. I have no reason to have that kind of faith in anyone that I've been speaking with. Not that he was mean or unnecessary, it wasn't cruel or mean or anything like that. I'm not trying to talk down about you know, my current property managers. I'm just saying that, you know, I have no reason to believe that they're just, you know, biting their nails or on the edge of their seat just hoping that, so, uh, just hoping that something opens up for my benefit. I have been given no reason to believe that that is a you know, they spend a lot of their time doing that. I mean, they've got properties all over the place, not just here. Uh, they're not even from this area. So they've got properties everywhere. Just so, just from a pure standpoint of being busy, you know, and having all the different things that they have to manage, the idea that they're all hung up on one person in one, on one of their properties that's in a tough spot. I just don't think anybody's losing any sleep over that even if they might feel genuinely bad about it. I just don't think that they're, you know, a lot of their brain power is being wasted on me. <laughs> um, so my guaranteed best option is not so guaranteeable at the moment. Although I am praying that this particular place does open up because I could really, really use that. Today alone, I called 20 other places to try to find something, and I did not find anything as cheap as what I'm paying now. Several places I'm going to have to call back, and um, there's like, let me see, one, two, let me look at my notes here, one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, I think seven uh, apartments 
out of the 20 that I tried today. So what, 35% of the ones I tried to call today, I'm going to have to call back or they're going to have to call me back that, that I left messages for because they did not respond. The ones that I did try today, uh, one, uh, there was, uh, here's the prices that I heard for what I'm looking for. 850, 920, 935, 900, 725, 825, 565. That was the best one and probably the one that I could most afford, but they didn't have anything currently available. Um, one had 62 people on their waiting list, so I didn't even bother with checking the price for that one. Uh, then there's uh, 675. One was particularly rude, and I thought, well, you know, doesn't seem like much of an option so yeah um, the um, one that was for whoever's that one yeah there was one that was 565 that seems like the best option for me if I have to go that route but again they don't have anything available right now just like the place here doesn't at the moment so I'm going to be looks like I'm playing a waiting game no matter what now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop looking. I'm going to continue to try to call around other places tomorrow. And in the days, in the subsequent days, I'm going to continue to try to reach out to other places, even looking in other cities that are nearby. You know, I live in, uh, well, I don't want uh, you know, I live in Hickory. I think I've actually said that already. And most of the ones that are you that are listening to this know that I live in Hickory, North Carolina. So I'm going to start branching out into places like, Conover, Newton, Granite Falls, things like that, to try to look for other places that I can also look for that might work for me as well. Um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so I don't really, I don't really know about that. Um, so that's basically the update on my living situation. Again, my biggest concern right now is the cats. Um, because there's three of them, and I'm not, you know, I want to be able to keep, um, all three of them if I can. I uh, know which one I should probably part with if I have to give one up. Um, but I don't want to give up any of them, and it's going to be really hard because I'm attached to all three of them. Um, especially Galaxy and Ginger, because they've been here the longest. And I don't want them to be separated, and quite frankly, I don't want to be separated from them. Um, that would just be very hard on them and it would, because they don't understand and it would be hard on me because I don't know I just you know it's just it's tough <laughs> it's really tough um, but that's my home situation right now I am very thankful again to all of you who have, uh, to those of you who have helped out and those of you who have offered to help out. Um, it really means a lot to me. I won't mention any names because I don't, number one, I don't want to leave anybody out <laughs> by accident. And number two, I, um, for those of you who have helped, I know that uh, you didn't do it to be touted. You didn't do it to be uh to have your name out there and go, wow, look what look what so and so did. So I don't want to to do that because I uh, I understand from a Christian perspective 
the whole idea of when you when you're giving not to lift not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and not to give so that others will clap for you and go wow look how awesome that person is so I'm not gonna mention any names because I want to respect that but I but if you're listening to this then you know who you are who and so I appreciate it and, and I appreciate again those who have helped and those who've offered to help and uh, so I again just really appreciate that and uh, so that's what I have to say about that a uh, little free advertising here um, it would be yeah it would be nice to be uh, I can make some money off of this advertisement, but I know that's not going to happen, so I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do that, and I would, I would do this for free anyway because it's something that I've really been looking forward to reading, and it was just released today. Uh, most of you know that I attend Life Church Online. With uh, it's pastored by Pastor Craig Rochelle. And so I am a obviously a big fan of the church because I've been going there for a couple of years, a few years. I forget exactly when. I think I've been attending for at least two years now, I think. I don't remember the exact time. I remember the sermon series that I came in on when we started, but I don't remember exactly when that was preached. So um, I don't remember the, how long I've been there, but I know it's been a couple of years. And I've been a part of the, the staff there so on the host team, and I lead a life group. So I've been part of the, uh, part of the, the volunteer staff there for, uh, for a little while also. But um, So Pastor Craig just released a book that just came out uh, today called Winning the War in Your Mind. Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. And so I'm very excited about the book, not just because my pastor wrote it, and not just because I love everything Life Church, but also just because I think the topic is very, uh, very important. And uh, it reminds me, I haven't read the book yet, but I, I intend to here pretty soon. I intend to, to get... Uh, to get on it pretty soon but the topic and the first sermon because we're also doing a sermon series on the book at the same time and um, it reminds me a little bit of Joyce Meyer's book uh, Battlefield of the Mind based on the first sermon that we we did and, uh, you know, like at one point during the sermon, Pastor Craig said, think about what you're thinking about. And so reading the description of the book, I'll go ahead and uh, read the, uh, the description for you here. And, but it reminds me a lot, the topic and everything, reminds me a lot of her book, Battlefield of the Mind. And she deals a lot with that in a lot of her messages and of her other books as well uh, about dealing with... Uh, your thoughts and how to change the direction of your thoughts and also I told another friend of mine that this reminds me of uh, um, Dr. Caroline Leaf 
who teaches a lot on the on the mind and how our thoughts actually can change the the physical makeup of our brain and alter our thinking patterns whether positive or negative over time you know it's the whole idea of neuroplasticity and all this and how the brain can actually be rewired or re remapped or whatever based on what we choose to think about so literally our, our choices can determine the makeup of our brain the good news is we can alter those but you know once you built up a stronghold um, it takes a while to demolish that stronghold and build a more positive one and I feel like I'm giving the sermon now that I just heard this uh, that I've heard several times this week so uh, I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to step on any toes or or steal any material here. I'm just I'm a very stream of consciousness type person. So let me um, let me read the description of the book here to you. Um, it says, "Are your thoughts out of control, just like your life? Do you long to break free from the spiral of destructive thinking? Let God's truth become." become your battle plan to win the war in your mind. We've all tried to think our way out of bad habits and unhealthy thought patterns, only to find ourselves stuck with an out-of-control mind and off-track daily life. Pastor and New York Times best-selling author Craig Groeschel understands deeply this daily battle against self-doubt and negative thinking. And in this powerful new book, he reveals the strategies he's discovered to change your mind and your life for the long term. Drawing upon scripture and the latest findings of brain science, Groeschel lays out practical strategies that will free that will free you from the grip of harmful um, from harmful destructive thinking and enable you to live the life of joy and peace that God intends you to live. Winning the war in your mind will help you learn how your brain works and see how to rewire it. Excuse me. The, the wording of this, the way it looks on Google, it's kind of messed up. Probably also probably would help if I washed my glasses because my... Uh, Okay, yeah, it's not not just the way I'm looking at it. The wording of this just looks very, looks like there was a, a mistype here. It says, learn how your brain works and see how to rewire it. I, okay, there was supposed to be I, there was supposed to be a period here between it and identify, and there wasn't. That's why it threw me off. Okay, let me try that again, because there was a missing period. Learn how your brain works and see how it, and and, and see how to rewire it. Identify the lies your enemy wants you to believe. Recognize and short-circuit your mental triggers for destructive thinking. Gosh, there's a lot of missing periods in this. See how prayer and praise will transform your mind. Develop practices that allow God's thoughts to become your thoughts. I'm not, this is, I'm not reading from the book or anything. I'm reading from Google, the overview on Google. So there's a lot of missing periods in this. God has something better for your life than your old ways of thinking. It's time to change your mind so God can change your life. So like I said, this reminds me a lot of some of Joyce, My Joyce Meyer's teachings. 
And so I look forward to seeing what uh, Pastor Craig has to say in this in this book. I've been intending to get started on it all day, but as I've already told you, I've kind of been a little busy um, today. So I haven't had a lot of time to get into it. I went from apartment searching to phone calls. Well, actually, a phone call that lasted a while this morning to apartment searching to doing some stuff around here that needs to be done, a little bit of cleaning. And then... Um, then I tried to write four different blog posts, none of which I was able to uh, completely finish, and now I'm doing this podcast, so I haven't had time to get much into the book today. But, with all that uh, being said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into this book. As a matter of fact, one of the, um, one of the blog posts that I tried to, to start today was uh, one of the talk it over questions that we have for our for our, um, the messages that we have every week, and uh, I might get back into finishing that. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I might. Um, maybe. I, maybe I won't. I don't know. Uh, it's. Uh, but there are several other things that I, I wanted to get into today. Also, I'm only. I'm already 20 minutes into this podcast, so. I don't know exactly where I'm going to take all this going forward, but I do know that I'm looking forward to getting into this to this book. And I like to read, it's got 256 pages. I like to um, I like to read ebooks. So I'll probably read this on Google Books. Um I also have, you know, um uh, I don't know many of you like Amazon. Um, you know, if you have a Kindle, Amazon's probably the way you want to go. Um, so there's that. Um, if you like, if you're an Audible fan, if you like Audible, then um, you know you could you could listen to the book on there. Um, there's a lot of different. Uh, A lot of different options for you to read this book. But however you choose to read it, I encourage you to do so. Because um, I think it's going to be really good. Uh, who doesn't struggle with their thoughts in some way? Who doesn't struggle with, uh, you know, or hasn't struggled at some time with some toxic thought pattern or anxious thinking or just self-defeating thoughts? I, you know, I feel like we all do that or have done that at some point um, if I look at some of the talk it over questions uh, one of them I already asked my life group um, for the first the first message in this series you know one of the questions was uh, what's the song that gets constantly stuck in your head and I chose um, the, the Tarzan boy song uh, I don't know if any of you have ever heard that or not, if you've ever heard Tarzan Boy. But uh, it starts off with the artist doing the, the Tarzan scream, I guess we'll call it. And so just that part of it gets stuck in my head every time I hear the song, Tarzan Boy. Uh, so that's a song that gets stuck in my head. And one of the, one of the blog posts that I had started working on and didn't finish, 
one of the questions is, think about a time you struggled with any, with anxiety or toxic thoughts. What did you learn through that experience? I, I guess one of the reasons why I struggled writing about that is because I tend to try to avoid thinking about um, things that give me anxiety or toxic thoughts. I'm kind of of the belief that, you know, if you... Um, it's probably if if you are struggling with anything like that or anything that you're having a hard time with or that is giving you mental fits, it's best not to think about it and to kind of, I guess, not deal with it in a way. I'm not really sure that's the healthiest thing to do, but that's kind of my default, and I kind of I have to fight against that when I do deal with something head on. It's basic. It's I do that when I'm I'm going against the grain, if you will. Whenever I deal with something head on or directly like that, it's I'm really it's not in my nature to do that. Um, it and that might be surprising to some people because I do tackle a lot of controversial topics. Um, I'm, for example, I'm not afraid to discuss uh, homosexuality, LGBTQ. Um, controversial political issues like pro-life, abortion stuff, uh, controversial theological points of view. Um, people say you shouldn't talk about religion and politics, yet those are my two favorite subjects. So I'm not, I'm not afraid to tackle any of those things, you know, I, and I'm not afraid to stir up, to stir the pot, so to speak. And in fact, sometimes I do so on purpose. Um, Sometimes just to get a conversation going and sometimes for my own amusement. Uh, it's not that I don't believe what I say. I, I, I believe everything that I say. Um, even if sometimes I, I bring up certain things for the purpose of, again, creating a discussion around it. But that doesn't mean that I don't believe the things that I talk about. But, I, you know, and I do those things with the purpose of you know, so I guess what I'm saying is I don't I don't avoid those kinds of topics, but when it starts to get more personal, when the controversy turns personal, when I'm having problems in my personal life, when I'm struggling with something on a deep level, um, if there's a particular sin I'm struggling with or I struggled with in the past, and I get concerned about how others might think of me because of it. Um, it's something I, you know, I've, I've, I've dealt with. Uh, there's one thing that in, in particular that comes to mind that I've, I've told some people about and that I have a, um, but I haven't spoken about it on a, a wide public scale because, not so much because I'm, I'm worried about what other people think of me. In fact, when people respond to me, um, negatively, I tend to be like, oh, yeah, well, what do you think of this? <laughs> and so in some ways, that kind of emboldens me when people respond to me negatively. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't worry about what other people think of me so much as much as I just, it's just the hassle of dealing with it at all. And the more personal it gets, and the more life impacting it can be for me. Um, like when I 
started talking about my struggles with the with the rent and the podcast. Um, part of me didn't even want to do that, but at the same time, it was overwhelming my mind to such a degree that I had to get it out through some means, and my podcast provided a good way for me to do that. Um, so, when I think about anxiety or toxic thoughts that I've dealt with in the past, um, I'll go ahead and tell you, struggling with, um, with porn addiction, that's uh, the thing that I try to avoid talking about. Um, that's something that uh, started with me pretty early in life and that I kept hidden for a very long time before I shared it with anyone on any kind of level. I didn't even share that until I got in college and didn't get any victory over it in any kind of way until I got in college. Um, even though I, I prayed to receive Christ when I was 17, I continued to struggle with that for a while after that. And um, so, and I didn't open up to anyone about that till I was in college. And even then, it's only been like a slow trickle of, of admitting that or bringing that out. Uh, and it's not because, you know, it's something like, well, it's just not an easy subject to talk about. And one of the news stories that came out today about uh, Ravi Zacharias uh, his ministry finished a, or just released a 12-page report about all the allegations concerning him. I was going to write about that. And, um, you know, because obviously he had some very deep sexual sin that he was dealing with. And it was it was a complete shocker to everybody who... Um, To people who knew him, to the millions of people who bought his books and loved his teaching. Um, it was a huge, huge um, shock and disappointment to many of us. And um, and but it's a very difficult subject to talk about because of the stigma that's attached to it. Um, so, I'm trying to think about how to proceed with this. I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, it keeps a lot of people from getting help. And, um, I wonder how many people that do struggle with that particular sin. And thank God I've gotten some victory over that. And it's, you know, but again, it's, you know, it's a daily choice. You know, you're going to, because the temptation, I mean, I don't know, I mean, particularly for men, but even for women, um, 
I mean, modesty is not an American value. Let's put it that way. Um, modesty is not an American value at all. And so you don't have to go searching for pornography to fulfill a lustful desire. Um, you can be tempted just by going to the mall. Um, looking at some, you know, you, you don't even have to be looking. You just, you glance at an ad on a window that's right out there for everybody to see. And it's like, well, wow, there's that. You know, some somebody's in provocative lingerie or something and, and boom, there you go. Or, um, or even just like in the warmer months when somebody is dressed provocatively or even not even just, just provocatively, it's, you know, um, just wearing certain types of clothing can can attract attention. And for somebody who struggles with lust-filled thoughts or has struggled in the past with them, um, and even if you've gotten some, I guess what I'm trying to say is even if you get victory over that, the temptations don't just disappear <laughs> from your sight just because you get victory over an addiction like that. And I've, I've managed to talk to several people and been able to help some people even in the last couple of weeks who've struggled with this. And I'm glad that that's the case. I'm glad that I've been able to help some people with that. Um, I won't go into detail about those because they're personal and private conversations and they were told in confidence. And I don't, I'm not going to reveal somebody's name or or whatever beyond whatever ministry purposes they might serve to the people that you know might need to hear them even though I don't share names you know there are certain people that you know because it's in a church setting would you know we, we love to tell stories of how God is changing people's lives in other words and so I might share some of the details that somebody shared with me, but I won't share their name or anything about them because I think that confidentiality is important. This, in case you can't tell by my apprehension of talking about it, this is a very sensitive topic. And um, so I would say, you know, I started this out talking about struggling with anxiety or toxic thoughts. I can't think of any more toxic thought pattern than even then getting involved in looking at porn. Uh, even if you've done it just one time, that is a toxic thought. Jesus said that if you look with a woman with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Um, sexual sin is the one of the most dangerous sins that there is. And I know all sin separates from God. I understand that. You know, it's, I don't agree that all sin is equal. You know, a lot of Christians say, well, all sin is sin. You know, whether you, whether you steal a piece of candy or whether you cheat on your, your spouse, it's sin and it's all equal. Here's what I say to that. All sin equally separates from God, but not all sin is equal. In other words, if I only if I go through my entire life and all I do is lie one time, first of all, yeah, right. But second, let's say that I go through life and I've only lied once, or I've only stolen once, or I've only uh, 
looked with lust one time. Without repenting of that and accepting Christ as my Savior, I'm still going to hell, just like somebody who has, you know, raped and murdered 30 people or stolen millions of dollars from people or, um, uh, coveted, uh, somebody's property or hated somebody or whatever I'm st I'm still just as guilty as the next person and deserve hell and eternal punishment and I will get hell and eternal punishment all have sinned Romans 3 says and fall short of the glory of God um, but yeah and, and there will be different degrees of punishment So, for example, the sweet old lady who is a nice person but who didn't accept Christ is still guilty of, of her sins and will spend eternity you know, in hell if she doesn't repent and receive Christ before she dies. But she will not receive the same degree of punishment in hell as again one of these especially wicked sinners that the Bible talks about Jesus said that it would be more tolerable for some of the cities that he went to in his day it would be more tolerable on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah than it would be for some of those cities that rejected him because they had more knowledge than those people did so their punishment would be different. If there's a greater judgment, that means there's a lesser judgment. Um, you know, and uh, there's a few places in in scriptures in the New Testament that talk about the judgment seat of Christ, where all believers will appear, where all who have trusted in Christ will appear, and we will be judged for our works. You know, uh, where you spend eternity, heaven or hell, is based on is not based on your works. It's based solely on what you did with Jesus Christ. Did you accept him as your savior or did you not? Did you reject his offer of salvation? And you know, if basically if, you know, Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. So if you have If you have not received him as Savior, then you have not accepted the pardon that he has offered, to, that he died to give you. Um, and if you don't accept the pardon, then you get the spiritual death penalty just like everybody else. And you will spend eternity in God's penitentiary, which is hell. But my point in bringing up all this was to say that there is differing degrees of punishment in hell, just like there's different degrees of reward in heaven based on your works. And the Bible is very clear about that in several different places. So why do I say that sexual sin is worse than any other? Well, it's um, 
to me. I'm, I'm trying to look up a particular passage here. First, uh, First Corinthians chapter six talks about this. Um, let me scroll down here so I can try to find this again. I didn't plan any of this out, so I'm just kind of making it up as I go here. Um, okay, starting in, uh, let's see, verse 12. I have the right to do anything, Paul wrote. Uh, it says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not, and, and the, this is not what Paul's saying. He's not saying I have the right to do anything. He's responding to the Corinthians who are saying that they have the right to do anything. So I have the right to do anything, you say, meaning the people he's writing to. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, the Corinthians said, but I will not be mastered by anything, Paul says. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, Paul writes, is not meant for sexual immorality. but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. That's what happens during the sexual union. The two become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. This is verse 18. This is the core verse that I wanted to talk about in this little tangent I went down. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So that's why I say it's sexual sin is so dangerous because it says, do you not, uh, whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. That's why I say looking at porn or having sex outside of marriage or uh, cheating on your spouse or homosexuality or incest or um, any kind of sexual sin carries with it, uh, it says, you know, again, I'll read this verse again. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but if you sin sexually, you sin against your own body. That's the only category of sins it says that about, is um, sexual sin. So it carries with it a, a harsher penalty, both in consequence and in uh, spiritual judgment, I would say, based on this verse, than... than other sins do. That doesn't make other sins better or okay or more okay. It's just that there's something specific about this that is really important not to get involved in. So going back to the, my original point here on this part, when you, if you're, you're talking about toxic thoughts, there's no greater toxic thought than the kinds of thoughts that lead you to sexual sin whether that be porn addiction or whether that would be other um, 
of those forms of sin. And I thank God for the freedom that I have uh, experienced uh, from from this. But it's still hard and difficult to talk about because of the stigma attached to it. And with, uh, you know, I, I always picture anytime I tell anybody this, you know, would share this with anyone like, you know, behind my back or they're kind of raising their eyebrows and going, oh, gee, I don't know if I want to be around you, you know, um, just because I, I don't know, I, I guess that's why I kind of hesitate when I bring this up. But at the same time, for any freedom that you get from something, even if you stop committing the behavior, um, you can't get any real freedom, I guess, if you're still afraid of what people are going to say about you, or if you're, or if you're afraid of how people are going to react to you, or if you're afraid of what the, you know, that it's going to impact your life in a negative way, as far as people not wanting to be your friend, or, or not feeling comfortable around you, or whatever. If you're worried about that, then, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Rush Limbaugh, he says, if you're worried about what other people think, then you then you can't be who you are or you cease being who you are if you worry about what other people think you you're no longer who you really are if you allow that to paralyze you and i guess by by bringing this up publicly on in a forum like this i'm seeking freedom from that <laughs> um and i wasn't again wasn't intending to do this but I feel like uh, this is a good thing for me to do. So, we want to talk toxic thoughts. Uh, that's definitely a toxic thought. But my toxic, you know, toxic thoughts uh, that I've struggled with in the past don't end there. Um, I don't want to get into this too much because of how late it is, and I don't want to go to sleep thinking about this. But I have experienced times of depression in the past. The last one was in 2014, I believe. It only, and it only lasts a couple of weeks at a time, but they've gotten pretty severe. You know, like when you like, don't want to eat anymore and you just want to do nothing but sleep and you stop eating and stop taking care of yourself. Um, very few times were those caused by external circumstances. Um, most of the time I would get on this uh, kind of a labyrinth of thinking where I get, one, get stuck on one thought or some question, some philosophical question that I have a deep philosophical question that I have a hard time answering and I would just obsess over it and obsess over it and obsess over it and it would start to affect my um, my personal thinking uh, it, would, uh, it would affect my, my personal life is what I mean and it would affect all my other thoughts it would keep me from enjoying things that I normally would and it would just um, just very hard time once I get on one of those labyrinths or in one of those labyrinths of repetitive thinking about something, it would just, I would obsess over it to the point where it would just really freak me out. One other example I will give, I watched uh, a battle, uh, uh, Battlefield of the Mind, that's the Joyce Meyer book. I watched, um, uh, oh shoot, what is the name of that movie with about the, the schizophrenic guy who, um, a Beautiful Mind. That's what I think Russell Crowe started in it. It's called A Beautiful Mind. And uh, if, if you haven't seen it and don't like spoilers, you might want to skip ahead for a minute. But uh, in the movie, he, um, you know, 
he he talks to from what I remember that I've only watched it once and I think it was back in like 2002 or 2003 and the whole point of it was or part of it was that uh, this guy gets you know, he he's talking to a couple of friends that he he he, he finds out later that only he can see like he he's made up these people in his mind or whatever and uh, from the perspective of the the viewer of the movie, these people are real for about half the movie. Until you find out eventually, you kind of see things through his eyes. And to him, a lot of the, the stuff that he's encountering, it all seems real to him. Um, and I won't get into all the details of it because, again, it's not a movie I really like to think about. But I, after watching that movie for a couple of weeks, I was starting, you know, even though I never had any problems with schizophrenia or any kind of mental illness, I would start to think, well, gosh, I wonder if, uh, you know, I, I would start to think for, for a couple of weeks, I, I actually would go around the college campus that I was on at the time, um, wondering whether or not the people I saw were really there or not. And that sounds kind of foolish and silly, but I, for like a couple of weeks, I was like, well, gosh, what if I'm imagining this? What if I'm imagining that? What if none of this is real? That's why I won't watch The Matrix. Um, because I would be concerned that it would play with my head, even if it's just for a short time. I'm concerned of how long it would take me to stop wondering. I, I, I'm familiar enough with the movie, even though I haven't seen it, to know that I shouldn't see it. Because things like that, any kind of psychological movie like that that really plays with your mind or gets you to question reality or what, if what you're seeing is, is what's really going on, I really have a hard time with those things. Um, they really mess with my head. And so that was one time. And then there was an, uh, other things where like when I started questioning aspects of the Christian faith, even though I had been a believer for a while, um, you know, there were certain questions that I couldn't find answers to or didn't know answers to or weren't satisfied with the answers with, and it would just really mess with my head. I'd be like, oh, if I can't get an answer to this, what if it shipwrecks my entire uh, faith journey? And what if I end up going like all the way, you know, you know, just it really messed with me a lot and um fortunate and then there's been other times over the last few years where you know my personal life has been through a lot of uh, painful struggles and there's a, a lot of turmoil and un, unsettled unrest um just a lot of um personal problems and uh i would say that i Maybe maybe 2014 wasn't the last time I was depressed. It was just the last. It was just a different kind of depression. Um, I'll say, and um, didn't really like the person that I was turning into during that time. Looking back on it now, I've had some time to look back on it, and I don't really like the person that I that I was turning into during that time. And um, I did. I, did some things during that time I wish I could take back and said a lot of things I wish I could take back but I can't um, there's some other things that I 
did during that time also that I feel completely justified about and still feel like were the right thing to do. But there's, there are some things that I wish I could take back and wish I could do differently. Unfortunately, you don't get do-overs. Life doesn't give mulligans. Um, Jesus can forgive anything, and the blood of Jesus can wipe away any sin. But it doesn't necessarily wipe away all the impacts of on other people. Let's put it that way. And the the uh, impacts of sin on others. You know, if you say, if you're, if, you know, if you say, well, my sin only affects me, you're lying to yourself and anybody you've told that to. Um, it affects much more than just yourself. So, but but those kind of labyrinths of thinking, um, the the repetitive thought patterns, regardless of what they are, I would say that's another form of toxic thinking, and that I've struggled with in the past, um, that led to depression and other things. Um, let me see what else. Um, Are there any other toxic thoughts that I've struggled with? Can't really think of any more. Anyway, that was the second question, so I guess we could say that that was Monday's question for the um, for the talk it over questions. Um, I can't really think of any other toxic thoughts. What did I learn from that experience? Uh, I learned, um, well, I basically learned on the job how to, so to speak, I learned on the job or I learned through experience how to defeat those negative thought patterns, whether it was overcoming the porn addiction and, or whether it was um, learning how to get myself off the hamster wheel of of difficult uh, thoughts um, or you know those kind of philosophical challenging things or whatever um, you know I learned how to especially since I didn't have any I mean I didn't go I, I didn't go to a counselor on a regular basis for the first time until the last few years, and it wasn't for any of this. Um, so, I basically had, I was basically self-taught. Well, I can't really say I was self-taught. Again, that book by Joyce Meyer, Battlefield of the Mind, did a lot, and a lot of her messages, I would say, Joyce Meyer directly has had, you know, even though I don't know her, and I've never spoken to her, uh, Nonetheless, her ministry, I should say, or her, her books and her materials, her teaching materials, have had a lot of direct impact and direct effect on me when it comes to um, overcoming toxic thought patterns and teaching me how to overcome that. And that's why I'm excited about Pastor Craig's book because I, 
you know, he has been very open about some of his own personal uh, struggles with uh, mental health and some of the things that he's, uh, oh, he's been depressed before and some of the other things he's talked about in some of his sermons. Um, you know, um, negative thinking about himself and things like that. And um, I imagine he'll do that even more as the sermon series progresses. And I appreciate his openness because that's part of what's fueling me to continue making this podcast, even though I've just talked about some things here that uh, I don't talk about very often. But um, so that's what I've learn through that experience is just how to overcome those things and that it's I'm trying to learn that it's okay to talk about these things and that maybe if I do people won't think less of me or or won't think of me you know or whatever uh, <laughs> I'm really trying. everybody that I've shared any of this with personally I always think oh my gosh they're gonna not want to be my friend or not like me anymore and whether it's sharing no matter what I've shared from my personal life and I think oh my gosh what's this you know that never happens (laughs) at least not to my face but you know people have always been very gracious and so maybe you know that's an important part of me talking about this now on here um and if you're one of those people that, with the other toxic thought patterns, with like the, you know, I get a thought in my head and I just can't let go of it and I obsess over it and yada, yada, yada. Um, if, that's, if that's you, then uh, maybe I'm not alone in that either. Maybe you had a question or a doubt about your Christian faith that you don't feel comfortable opening up or talking about. Um, because you don't know... Hmm, how your other brothers and sisters in Christ will react to you because you you're a doubter oh you're a Thomas or, or whatever um, now how dare you have any doubts as if those people haven't ever had any either um, you know maybe maybe that's a, a something we could all work on is just being you know if you can't share it with everybody like I'm doing here share it with one person you know um, Get your get your story out there. It, you know, share it with one person that you trust. If you're struggling with any kind of sin, or 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 you have any doubts about the Christian faith, or or you had maybe you've had an eating disorder, maybe you just um, maybe you have some other toxic thought patterns. Um, Procrastination is another one of, I guess, another toxic thought pattern that I um, have dealt with, you know, because I, I am a bit of a procrastinator. And uh, so that's another one that I've, I've struggled with before. Um, that's another reason why I talk about, I've started in the last few podcasts at least, talking about my you know, the stuff I'm doing in my personal life with my, with the apartment, 
looking for a, a place to rent or whatever and that's kind of important for me to talk about that here because it's a way for me to keep myself accountable uh, that I, you know I won't put this off and I'll keep looking and uh, I won't just say well I can do that tomorrow because I'm you know I don't have any tomorrow left I gotta look for this like now and um, so had doing this podcast as a way to keep myself accountable by talking with you guys and knowing that that some of you are listening um, it keeps me accountable it keeps me wanting to keep looking so that I you know it's kind of my way by forcing myself to be accountable to those of you listening to this um, especially those of you that know me personally it's my own way of defeating procrastination <laughs> um, so that's another toxic thought pattern well there's always tomorrow well eventually you run out of tomorrows so you know that's another one um, I tend to I guess the toughest times for me are really late at night and like when I first wake up is when I deal with the most toxic thought patterns stuff that I put out of my mind and try not to dwell on that would lead me down a negative path um, they tend to hit me like especially like if, if I go to sleep and I wake up like the first things I think when I first wake up in the morning like the very first thing when you like first open your eyes or maybe even before you open your eyes um, that's when some of my worst thoughts happen is especially nowadays um, the very first thing when I wake up that's like the worst and but once I you know I take some time with the Lord and I I get into his word and all that um, if I listen to Christian music usually it's Bible study prayer and Bible study that tends to get myself in a better frame of mind then the rest of the day I'm fine um, if I didn't go to sleep with the TV on at night though I feel like I, I would have a hard time sleeping um, maybe that's why I tend to do these podcasts later at night because I feel like I can be I'm already thinking about other things later at night so maybe um, doing these at night allows me to be more open in ways that during the day I'm not as likely to do um, I don't know so that's what I basically I learned through that experience is just how to defeat these toxic thought patterns so that I don't get myself in a bind or a mental a mental labyrinth or a hamster wheel as I call it where I just obsess about things uh, today's uh, talk it over question our lives are always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts where do you think your life is headed based on your thoughts Ew. Uh, right now I can't I can't focus on anything more right now it seems like than like the present day which in one sense that's very biblical because Jesus said you know uh, don't worry about tomorrow sufficient for the day is its own trouble um, 
he, the, the Bible encourages us to really focus on today. Not that we shouldn't plan for the future or we shouldn't learn anything from the past. That's not true. But we sh a bulk of our focus should be on the present, like right in the right now. And, you know, right now with my rent situation going on and all that, I don't really have the luxury to focus on anything but today because I've got so much to do around here. There's still so much i got to clean up with this apartment and I'm the only one here to do it. And there's the... Um, there's the daily taking care of the cats, taking care of myself, um, uh, other responsibilities uh, with the church that I love doing and I'm so happy for them and um, all that, um, that, that really give my life that extra purpose. Um, I love serving people and leading people to Christ and showing them how Christ can help them through problems and just praying with people and interacting with people in uh, Life Church Online, uh, interacting with my other team members, um, interacting, you know, I, I love all that and I, um, so all that is a very today kind of focus. Uh, I don't really have the luxury of thinking about where it's headed although my so since my strongest thoughts are centered around the here and now I would say that uh, no I think that's gonna be good for me going forward in the short term because my needs are very immediate so if I focus on those now then that will work to my future benefit and then once I get those taken care of, I can start to think about the future. You know, um, what my future is going to look like. Is there anything you would like to change about your destination? Uh, yes, I would like to have a a uh, permanent living situation already squared away, most definitely, um, without a doubt. So. And then once I do that, then I can start to plan for the rest of my future and what that's going to look like as I start this next chapter of my life or continue it, maybe. That's maybe the best way to put it. So those are some of the questions that we're going into now on our Talk It Over things for this sermon series with the Winning the War in Your Mind with Pastor Craig. Um, I won't go into the rest of those. Maybe I'll do some more of those later this week. I'll go through some more of these talk it over questions um, some of the news stories I wanted to talk about before I get done with this here though I want to talk on some some of those real quick I'm already going about an hour into this I'm a little over an hour so I'll just touch on these a little bit because I might find news stories tomorrow that I want to talk about um, from the Washington Examiner Biden kills pipelines at home but promotes them for the Taliban uh, this one is just, uh, uh, on his first day in office, President Biden canceled permits for the Keystone XL pipeline. Uh, you probably heard about that in the, in the news where like 11,000 11, American workers lost their jobs uh, because Biden canceled um, on, I think it was on day one, if not day, day one, it was pretty close to it, um, the 
the permits for the Keystone XL pipeline. And yet, uh, this is uh, Michael Rubin wrote about this in the American Examiner. Um, even though the Keystone pipeline was put on hold or the, the permits were, were canceled, um, that doesn't mean that the Taliban isn't worthy of oil and their own pipeline. It says, our government has apparently brokered a meeting between the Turkmenistan government and the Taliban for a trans-Afghanistan pipeline to bring, Turk, to bring Turkmen gas across Afghanistan and Pakistan to India. If this scheme sounds familiar, it should, because it was the same deal that the now special envoy uh, sought to make with the Taliban in the years before the September 11th terror attacks. He was a consultant for the, for the Uncoal Corporation. But, um, yeah, basically, so a pipeline is not good for America and Canada, but a pipeline is good for the, for Turkmenistan and the Taliban and Middle Eastern countries, which goes to show you that these, uh, this has nothing to do with any kind of green agenda or actually caring about the environment, at least not for the Biden administration. Let's put it that way. Um, another story I wanted to get into, I'm going to try to cut this to like an hour and a half maybe. We'll see if I'm able to or not, but that's my goal. Um, Here's another story I want to, this one, um, from The Sun, which is a UK publication. Pentagon admits that it has been testing wreckage from UFO crashes, and findings may change our lives forever, expert says. Um, the Pentagon has admitted to holding and testing wreckage from UFO crashes in a bombshell Freedom of Information letter shared with The Sun. Researcher Anthony Braguilia wrote to the Defense Intelligence Agency requesting details of all UFO material which they hold and results of any tests they have been carrying out on it. Um, in the response shared with the Sun, 154 pages were released that included reports on a mysterious memory metal called nitinol, which remembers its original shape when folded. He said it was a stunning admission from the U.S. government, and the documents reveal that some of the retrieved debris possesses extraordinary capabilities, including the potential to make things invisible or even slow down the speed of light. He told The Sun, the Pentagon has admitted to holding and testing uh, um, uh, anomalous debris from the UFOs. And uh, then the rest of the thing it shows some of the documents here. They've been able to learn thing about they've been able to learn some things about the materials of construction, which hold tremendous promise as futuristic materials, which will change our lives forever. He said he first made the request in 2017, which took three years for the DIA, the DIA to fulfill. After it was revealed, the Pentagon had been studying UFOs under the. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. 
Let me see if there's anything else in this about some of what it uh, shows. But just that whole thing about uh, the memory thing, that folded metal can remember its shape and return to it, uh, making things invisible, slowing down the speed of light. I mean, okay, from, a, from a Christian worldview standpoint, I will say that I don't believe that alien life exists in the form in which it is talked about but like mcintyre brought out in the overtime of the steve day show uh it was either yesterday or today i think it was right he basically he he repeated a theory that i've held and believed for some time which is that what better way to explain away the rapture than to already have it in the mainstream in, in in earth's mainstream of consciousness this whole idea of alien life um what better way to explain the rapture than you know hey millions of people disappeared because the aliens took them because um you know they were holding back the next stage of human evolution or social evolution or they were holding humanity back from discovering who they really are and their true destiny <clears throat> or from progressing forward as a species <coughs> so the aliens were doing us a favor or whatever um i mean what better explanation could you have than that i mean special i mean nbc just had a, a series come out a couple of years ago i don't know if it's still on or not but the whole premise was that um a bunch of people disappeared from life basically for a few years and for them it only seemed like a few minutes and then but when then all of a sudden they just kind of reappeared three years later after or several i don't know if it was three years it was several years later after all these other people all their lives had already moved on thinking that you know this plane had you know had all the people were presumed dead and the plane had just been lost and couldn't couldn't be found and yet um, you know, here's, uh, and then all of a sudden these people reappear, but for a few years, it's like these people disappeared, you know, so we're already getting more and more shows like this, and more and more news stories like this, and this is not, I mean, you know, people have, I'm not a UFO conspiracy person, I'm not, you know, though, you know, I don't, I don't believe, uh, Joe Bob, who lives on, uh, you know, who lives in the backwoods of some, you know, name your state, some backwoods of some southern state where, you know, I was up there in the field, and next thing you know, they, they took me up in the spaceship, and they anal probed me, and did all sorts of weird things to me, if you know what I mean. And they sent me back down here so I could tell everybody else that they exist. You know, I don't, I'm not, this isn't that kind of stuff. I mean, there's been some stunning admissions from, from not just like, you know, the, the former government official or whatever that's got an axe to grind and, you know, or he's just, this isn't the, the, that kind of, it's not like the stuff you'll hear on Sirius XM after midnight. It's like the really weirdos that can call him with all sorts of nutso kind of stuff. This is like, there's been some, like I said, some real stunning admissions that have come out over the last year from our Pentagon that is like really legit mainstream kind of stuff now. And it's just now starting to trickle out. 
I find the timing of it very interesting how they're just now starting to talk about some of this, you know, with the pandemic and everything else going on, that now all of a sudden they're willing to admit, hey, you know all that stuff that you've been talking about for decades that we've been calling conspiracy and having other explanations for? Well, you know, maybe there might be a little bit more to it after all. You know, I just think things like that are interesting, the timing of that, for example. Um... Um, let me see how I'm doing on time here. Uh, 116. Uh, I don't know if I really want... Some of these other things are going to be really in-depth things, so I might save those for tomorrow. Um, some of these other news things. But um, anyway, thank you all for listening to this today. And um, I knew I wanted to do something today. I tried to do some writing and it just wasn't working right, but this, this seemed to work out better. Thank you all for listening. Keep me in prayer about the rent situation. Um, don't forget to check out Pastor Craig's book, uh, Winning the War in Your Mind. Um, join us at Life Church, which you can find at live.life.church. Um, let's see. Um, you can find me there sometimes. Uh, if I'm not there, uh, the sermons are still great. Um, anything else I want to say? Nothing else coming to mind right now. Thank you all very much again for listening. And uh, God bless you. And I look forward to being back with you all again very soon. Bye for now.